0: behold a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name emmanuel which being interpreted is god with us in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy ghost amen you may be seated well good morning everybody we're almost there just a few days away from christmas that is Does any of you have stuff to get done? You're stressing? You got to buy stuff for that special someone? I know that I do. Christ has come. Christ is coming. And Christ will come again. That is Advent distilled. If someone asks you, what's Advent? Just say that. Because that's what's happening. Christ has come. Christ is coming. Christ will come again. Christ has come. Just over 2,000 years ago, the Lord Jesus was born to the Virgin Mary. The Word, now we're using the language of John's Gospel. The Word, the second person of the Holy Trinity, became flesh and dwelt among us. This was in accordance with and in fulfillment of God's promise. God's promises to Abraham and the patriarchs. God's promise to David and to the people of Israel. Our gospel reading today, I think, was trying to spare you because it started after the genealogies. The gospel of Matthew Uh, You know, he hadn't written a bestseller yet, so he didn't know how to start a book. You don't usually start it with so-and-so begat so-and-so. But if I can criticize the lectionary a little bit, how dare I do that? We need the genealogies. They're important. They're load-bearing because they demonstrate the providence of God. They demonstrate the faithfulness of God. And they demonstrate the veracity, that is the truthfulness, of God's word. Matthew chapter 1 verse 1. The book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. God promised Abraham that through his descendants, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. God promised Abraham that the Messiah would come through the line of King David. Thus, Matthew is saying and demonstrating through the genealogies that Jesus of Nazareth is the one that Israel and the one that the world have been waiting and hoping for. This is the one. This is the one. And it even goes back further than that. It goes back before Abraham. It goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Again, if somebody's quizzing you out there as you're checking out of Target or Walmart, and they ask you, when is the gospel first mentioned in the Bible chronologically? You say, Genesis 3.15 is the proto-evangelium. It's the first gospel It's the promise that even in the midst of the fall, even in the midst of of mankind's rebellion against God, there's this hope of restoration where where God says to uh, the woman, to Eve, that he, he, meaning the seed of the woman, the Messiah, he will bruise his heel, but he will bruise his head. So yeah, the, the sting of Satan, is real, You know, if a snake bites you on the heel, that's going to hurt. But the Messiah, ultimately through his death and resurrection, crushes the head of the servant, gives him that fatal blow. So even back then, there's the gospel. And so we're shown that, that it's the fruit of the blessed Virgin Mary's womb, which indeed does crush the serpent and save, saves the world. So Christ has come. What we're doing an Advent, we're preparing that, that the Messiah can be born in our hearts afresh, that we can glory in the mystery of the Incarnation on Christmas Day. But also Christ is coming. Right? We're, we're getting ready liturgically. It's, it's happening. We're very close to December 25th, the, the, the Feast of the Nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ. Also, Christ is, is coming to us continually in scriptures in, in prayer in service to one another and of course in the most holy sacrament of his body and blood note the the collect it's on page four of your service booklet it talks about the daily visitation of the lord so in the life of the church christ is coming in the life of the church he's arriving and how because the church is his mystical body. The church is the body of Christ. So as the church, of course, he's present because he is, we are in him and he is in us. Thus Christ is, is coming, and Christ is always with us. It's that both and because that's what he promised. Matthew 28:20. 20, and lo, I am with you always. Even unto the end of the world. Amen. The Gospel of Matthew begins and ends with this declaration that God is with us. It begins and it ends with Emmanuel. Matthew. One twenty-three. just heard it, quoting Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Right? Once again, in fulfillment of the promise. Jesus didn't come out of nowhere. Matthew's saying, this is the one of whom Isaiah spoke. But the, the very first chapter of Matthew, at the very beginning. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Which means what? God with us. And then at the very end of the Gospel of Matthew, again, this is the the last verse, Matthew 28, 20. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Christ is coming, and his arrival is continual. we got to live in that both end. If we're going to live in the world of Scripture, we live in that both end. Today's call, again, purify our consciences. By thy daily visitation, our Lord arrives day by day in the life and in the ministry of the church and in the hearts of his people. And these encounters that we have through the Lord and in prayer, in one another, in scripture, in sacrament, though through a glass darkly, as St. Paul says, they prepare us for for the Lord to come in all his glory. They prepare us for that last day. Purify our consciences by thy daily visitation. Why? That when thy son Jesus Christ cometh, he may find in us a mansion, a room, a dwelling prepared for himself. So Christ has come. Christ is coming. And Christ will come again. Christ will come again. Is that bizarre to you to say that in 2019 in this enlightened scientific age? Of course, maybe you can hear some of the, the um sarcasm in my voice. Because from a human perspective, we've been waiting for the second coming for a long time. I mean, not as long as our ancestors in faith waited for the first coming you know, from Adam to Abraham to the birth of Christ, longer than 2,000 years. But it's been a minute. It's been a bit. But Christ will come again. His word does not return void, and his promises do not fail. That's what we see in the gospel this morning, that God does what God says he will do. And moreover, and this is the whole sermon, if you don't remember anything else, and you probably won't, because I don't even remember my sermons. If someone would say, like, what would you preach on last night? I'm like, I don't know. I'm on to the next one now. <laughs> i got to get on the website and listen to it. Oh, yeah, that's what I said. Here it is. His faithfulness in the past, God's faithfulness in the past, gives us confidence in the present and hope for the future. Because Christ has come, because the virgin did conceive and bring forth a son and his name was Emmanuel. We can be sure that he is coming. That is, we can be assured of his daily visitation in our lives and that he will come again at the end of the age. God keeps his promises. He has shown himself utterly trustworthy. So when he says, and, and but you have, the reason that we read the gospel in the center of the room. It's an, it's an, I'm going to get back to the sermon. This is a sermon within a sermon. We're not just doing it because we've been standing there a while and now we're bored and we need to move somewhere else. But we're not doing it because, you know, Matt's an antiquarian and, and, and needs another ceremony to interject into our time together. It's a moment of in, incarnation that as the gospel... And as the reader standing in the place of Christ reads and speaks as Christ, this sends down into the nave. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. It's an Emmanuel moment. And he speaks to you and addresses you. So Matthew twenty-eight twenty is not for some people who are dead and gone, just for them. It's for us. He's saying to you this morning, He's saying to you, lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. And because God has kept his promises in the past, because we have these genealogies that may make us fall asleep, they show us that God is trustworthy, and so we can know that that's true, that God's with us, that God's with you, that God's at work in you and through you, even when it doesn't feel like he is. Do you ever feel like Matthew 28, 20 is not true? Do you feel alone? Do you f- but that confidence, that even when it doesn't seem like God is present in us and to us, he is. Search the scriptures. They're full of the faithfulness of God. And also recollect your life Remember how God has provided for you thus, for, thus far. And, and allow that to give you confidence that, that if God was for you there yesterday, he's going to be for you there today and tomorrow. Now we're really getting going off the rails. The hem Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Uh, the, the second uh, stanza of that, which some hymn writers are starting to sing a newer version of that which is a huge mistake because it says here I raise my Ebenezer hither by thy help I've come. Well people are like you're singing these songs people have no idea what an Ebenezer is so let's update it. No, let's not update it. Let's explain to people what an Ebenezer is. Well an Ebenezer was a stone monument. So for example, when in 1 Samuel, I believe it is, 1st or 2nd, 1st Samuel, it's 1st Samuel. When the Israelites win the battle over the Philistines, the prophet Samuel erects this stone monument called an Ebenezer, which is to remind Israel that the Lord helped them, that the Lord saved them, that the Lord provided them. So it's a monument you build to the faithfulness of God. So in that hymn, here I raise my Ebenezer, hither by help I've come. It's a reflection on the faithfulness of God throughout the hymn writer's life. So we search the scriptures, we, we, rem, we recall God's faithfulness thus far, and God's faithfulness in the past gives us confidence in the present and hope for the future. And we need to remember this uh, as individuals, as families. We need to remember this as, as a new church. I mean, what is this, our eighth service? We need to remember the faithfulness of God in his hand and what he's done uh, God didn't call us out into the, the wilderness of Horizon West uh, to fizzle out and, and to fail. He didn't give us favor in this community. He didn't bring all these people and resources together uh, so, so that we're, we're kind of just out here doing whatever. Yes, it might seem, and especially seems this way to me a lot of times, that the whole thing is held together by duct tape, right? But God was faithful yesterday. And God is faithful today, and he's going to be faithful tomorrow. And we know this. The virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us, God with you. Lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Christ has come, happened historically. So let us make our final preparations for Christmas Day. And I'm not talking primarily about shopping, even though you might have some shopping to do, so that Jesus can be born afresh in our hearts, so that we can glory in the mystery of the incarnation like never before. Christ is coming. So let us take heart that his arrival is continual, that he is ever with us, and that he deigns, that is, God condescends to give himself to us in the precious gift of the Holy Eucharist. And let us remember that Christ will come again. So as the famous song, Joy to the World, says, which we will sing on Christmas Eve, as it says, Let every heart prepare him room. Let us prepare our hearts so that when he returns to judge the quick and the dead, he will find in us a mansion, an abode, a hospitable dwelling prepared for himself, prepared for Jesus Christ our Lord. To him be all honor, glory, and praise. Amen.